Welcome to The Bid, where we break down what's happening in the markets and explore the forces changing the economy and finance. I'm your host, Oscar Polito. A culture of growth within an organization is vital to foster innovation, resilience, and adaptability, which will ensure that a company can thrive in an ever-evolving business landscape. Or so argues today's guest, Dr. Mary Murphy, social psychologist and author of a forthcoming book entitled Cultures of Growth. What I want leaders and investors to really know is that anytime you have two or more people together in your one-on-ones, in your team meetings, in your organization, you have a mindset culture happening there between you. The question is, do you know what that mindset culture is and do you know how it's affecting you and everyone else around you? Mary has spent over a decade pioneering research on motivation and performance at Stanford and Indiana University. In her inaugural book, Mary unveils how to recognize an organization's mindset and strategically embed a growth mindset within its culture. She also shows how to discern the triggers that move you and those you work with along the mindset continuum so you can create environments that shift you towards growth more often. Mary, thank you so much for joining us on The Bid. Thank you so much for having me, Oscar. I'm very happy to be here. So Mary, congratulations on publishing your new book. It's called Cultures of Growth. I'd love to start with what inspired you to write this book and what is it about this concept that you want leaders and investors to know about? It's a great question. So for years, we have thought of Carol Dweck's fixed and growth mindset as something just in our minds. If you have a fixed mindset, you're thinking about intelligence, talent, and ability as something that's fixed. You either have it or you don't. At Stanford, we would talk about, are you a techie or are you a fuzzy? That's the fixed mindset. And the growth mindset is this idea that intelligence, talent, and ability is something that is a potential that we can actually develop with hard work, good strategies, and support from others. And what we have discovered over the last 10 years is that the way in which mindset has actually been applied and studied over time, there's been some misconceptions about it. The biggest misconception and why I wanted to write this book is to really correct some of these ideas that, first of all, there's only two mindsets and you have one or the other. The truth is we have both within us. And the second is that it's located only in our mind. And for the last 10 years, my team and I have been doing research. Carol was my PhD advisor. And we've all been doing research on how mindset actually exists as a cultural feature of teams, companies, schools, leaders, and how that mindset culture affects everything from motivation, engagement to bottom line performance. And so what I want leaders and investors to really know is that anytime you have two or more people together in your one-on-ones, in your team meetings, in your organization, you have a mindset culture happening there between you. The question is, do you know what that mindset culture is and do you know how it's affecting you and everyone else around you? So Mary, you said fixed mindset. You talked about a growth mindset. And then you also talked about this continuum that seems like you can move between the two. In fact, you said that both live within an individual. So just maybe go a little bit more into those concepts, which for some people might just be new terminology. So this growth mindset idea is a really powerful one. It influences motivation, engagement, performance, willingness to take risks. And the fixed mindset, if we think we either have it or we don't, I'm just good at math and that's always been the case, or I'm terrible at math and I don't want to deal with that, right? We have that fixed mindset belief about ourselves. 
oftentimes there's nothing we can do about it. It's relatively fixed. What we see is that these mindsets, we're oftentimes in our growth mindset and sometimes we're in our fixed mindset. And so what we know is that both mindsets exist within us and they exist on this continuum. And what moves us between our fixed and growth mindset is predictable and common situations, what I call mindset triggers. And it's really important for us to understand those mindset triggers because that helps us understand when we're slipping more towards our fixed mindset and when we are actually engaging in more of a fixed mindset culture in our teams and in our interactions with others, and then what we can do to move ourselves back towards growth. And what are some of the cues or the markers that indicate that somebody's moving more towards that growth mindset? Because in listening to how you've described the two, I think I'd want to be in the growth mindset a bit more. And with the fixed mindset sounds very limiting and not as ambitious, but what are some of those cues that tell you somebody's moving more consistently into that growth mindset? Well, we have two different levels of cues or situations that we look for when we're looking to see whether we're moving more towards our fixed or our growth mindset. At the individual level, we can look at our mindset triggers. And these are those four common predictable situations that move us towards our fixed or growth mindset. And those are evaluative situations when we anticipate being evaluated by others. We're putting together a big report or presentation. We're pitching a new client. High effort situations. I have to put in a lot of effort to understand that appropriately. Critical feedback is another fixed mindset trigger where the critical feedback that I might have been anticipating now is actually here. And how do I address and think about that critical feedback? Do I think about it as telling me whether I'm right or wrong, good or bad? Or is it telling me what I can learn, how I can improve, what I can do to develop? And the last mindset trigger is the success of others. When I see other people being praised, to what extent is it moving me towards my fixed mindset? Oh, wow, I'll never be as good as her. Or is it moving me towards my growth mindset, which is finding inspiration in her success and trying to figure out the strategies she used so that I can get as good as she is in the way that's authentic for myself. I'll also say that in fixed mindset cultures, what I'm calling these cultures of genius, the focus is primarily on star performers. This belief that there's just going to be some geniuses, some people crowned in these environments that are thought of as inherently more capable. And so we see a lot of markers in these environments that these cultures of genius are reifying and really praising and giving all kinds of power and status to these individuals, these geniuses in the environment. And so we can see where do the good ideas come from? Do they come from everywhere or do they just come from a few different individuals crowned as the genius in the context? And conversely, the main belief in this culture of growth is that given the right supports, everyone can develop and contribute. And so we look and we can see that there's structures, policies, practices, supports embedded in these organizations that actually support people's growth and development. And the reality is that just like in an individual, we have both mindsets within us. We do see that most companies don't just have a culture of genius or a culture of growth. It's oftentimes a mixture. And so understanding where we can move towards growth, both at the individual level and at the cultural level, that's where we're going to get the most success. And have you come across examples of organizations that live along this continuum? And maybe what are some of the characteristics that you see? Well, it's important to understand that when we're talking about culture, 
there is an argument among scholars and among practitioners around what culture is. Is it what we say we value or is what we actually do on the ground? The best, of course, is when these things match, when we have very little or no what I call value implementation gaps. We've used AI algorithms where we've been able to scrape the whole Fortune 500, look at their mission statements, their websites. How do they actually describe themselves to the public in their own materials? And then we've been able to look at other data, like in Glassdoor, where we're looking at how people who work at these companies, how they're experiencing those companies. And what we see is that when these companies have more of a growth mindset culture in their own materials, what they're saying the people within it are experiencing that culture more positively. But we have to look deeper. We have to look actually at the behaviors <laughs> that are on the ground to see if they're a match to what the company believes and what they value. What we have seen putting this into practice is that cultures of growth are really places where people are collaborating internally. There's strong norms around collaboration, strong norms around innovation and creativity. Mistakes are something that are understood, mined for their learning, and then shared widely so those mistakes aren't repeated in the context. There's a lot of risk-taking, there's resilience, there's agility. And we also see much higher levels of integrity and ethical behavior in cultures of growth because the whole organization and team is about learning and development. Whereas in these fixed-minded cultures of genius, what we see is not much collaboration. Why would I collaborate if I'm not gonna get the credit? I'm really focused on trying to be the star, be seen as the star and maintain that status. We don't see much innovation and creativity. Instead, we see people playing it safe, recycling what's been working in the past. We also see a lot of unethical behavior, like information hoarding or cheating. In order to be seen as the star, I know that information is power and I might not share it broadly with everyone else because I know that that gets me ahead in a culture of genius. And it's interesting because you go to school, you get a degree, you're doing all this learning, to land a job at an organization. And the culture of growth mindset feels like the learning continues. You might feel working at one of these organizations that you're still in school. That's right. And you're iterating on work. There's trial and error. There's informed risk. And so a workplace either has that culture or it doesn't. And if it doesn't, what's your experience in terms of how to change that culture? What does that journey look like for a company that wants to move more in that direction? I want to be really clear that what I'm not saying is that we're just victims of our environment, right? The truth is that we're all culture creators. So that means we're all shaping our surroundings. And while you're right that it's going to take some time to shift an entire culture and that it's going to be a group effort that's needed for that, we're each going to play a role. But it's also true that those in leadership positions or with wider spheres of influence, they will have an outsized role in trying to shift the mindset culture of a team and of a company, broadly speaking. And so the key of how to start doing this in small ways is to start to look at everything through the lens of learning. How can I grow? How can I develop in each task and in each interaction that I have? We also talk about storytelling, trying to identify the places where I know I've occupied my fixed mindset and how has that held me back in some ways? How does switching to my growth mindset actually move me forward? What strategies did I use? How did that actually forward my ability to make progress towards my goals? So when you start with that storytelling, you're really communicating and creating a norm that these are the ways that we want to approach our work. These are the ways we want to approach our organization as a whole towards that growth mindset. 
Another thing I tell companies to do is to start thinking about your hot spots and your bright spots with regard to mindset culture. The hot spots are the places where we see really strong cultures of genius. They might exist on certain teams or in certain divisions. And where do we see the bright spots of these dynamic cultures of growth? And by understanding those bright spots, we can then understand how to spread the practices that make those bright spots within the organization actually spread over time. So that's the strategy we can use within organizations. The last thing I'll say is to conduct a cues audit. Look at your everyday practices and see where the fixed and growth mindset is actually being communicated, maybe even subtly. One example I like to give is how we give praise. So Oscar, when you praise an employee, what do you usually say when they've done a great job? Great job and keep it up. (laughs) That's right. Exactly. That's how I give feedback a lot of the times, but it also doesn't actually communicate what someone did well or what they should repeat, what you actually want to see the next time they do that. We can also help them understand what they did well, and then challenge them to the next level. And that's going to move everyone towards their growth mindset. So I would then say, great job, keep it up. And what I really liked that you did is the following. And that is still positive feedback, but a little bit more specific and sends that individual maybe on a better path. A hundred percent. And you mentioned a lot of the benefits to companies and employees that adopt a growth mindset. What about the investors in these companies? What's the value for them of organizations moving in this direction? Well, in a study my team and I conducted, we did work with hundreds of startups and early stage organizations. And what we found was that those with stronger cultures of growth and that had founders who had more of a chronic growth mindset, they were more likely to meet and exceed their fundraising goals. And they were more successful at establishing and reaching their products and services goals We also found that in more established companies, those with stronger cultures of growth are more innovative, they're more resilient, and they're more financially successful than those with strong cultures of genius. So when we're talking about an investor perspective, I think it's really important for us to be thinking about what kind of mindset culture is this company really embodying? How are the policies, practices, procedures, how are the interactions really structured in such a way that's really going to help people actually perform better, create more innovation, and actually have more financial success than these fixed-minded cultures of genius. Mary, as you're talking about that, I'm just thinking back to something you said earlier about using AI to scrape the language that companies use to describe themselves and how that helps you decipher between more of the fixed mindset, the culture of genius versus culture of growth. Can you share a little bit more about what are some of the key words or phrases that you tend to find in one example over the other? We find some really interesting cues that you can tell, even an individual reading these mission statements we have found can tell whether a company is more along the mindset culture continuum towards the fixed-minded cultures of genius or the growth-minded cultures of growth. What we find in differences, I'll give you some examples from some of these mission statements. In these cultures of genius, we see language like, we offer the highest performance opportunities. We're going to emphasize employees' talents and success. We're going to focus on results and only results rather than process. We're going to be an atmosphere of best, the best instincts, the best ideas, the best people. Really communicating, you either have it or you don't. And this is going to be the place where geniuses are going to thrive. 
the culture of growth sounds a little different. Culture of growth still cares about the highest performance, the highest outcomes, and in fact, we find they have better outcomes, but they're also talking about the growth and development of their people. So on their mission statements and on their websites, they say things like, we offer the highest growth opportunities. We're emphasizing employees' motivation and hard work. We are focused on results and process. We're an atmosphere that fosters a love of learning, creativity, passion, and resourcefulness. And we're going to be a place where you can come and do your best work because we're going to support you to do that here. It has a different sense to it, right? Rather than a harsh, prove and perform, you're only as good as your last performance context. It's much more about development, growth, and actually finding the supports in this environment. They're going to help you take the work and the organization to the next level. And Mary, with AI entering the workplace more and more, in fact, we recently spoke with Rob Goldstein and Lance Bronstein, who are two senior executives here at BlackRock, about how AI is influencing financial services. So as AI enters the workforce, what does it mean for the evolution of company cultures and those that want to move towards more of a growth mindset? I think no matter what technological era we find ourselves in, culture is always going to be paramount to both individual and organizational success. What I think is going to happen is that with AI, companies are going to become more and more smart about what to put in those mission statements and what to put on the website. What I anticipate happening is that people will become actually a bit more skeptical about whether a company really is what it says it is, what it actually is to work inside the organization. When your mission statement or your website is AI written and driven, algorithm created, it's going to be much more important how the experience is of working in the company on the ground. I think it'll be more important than ever that companies address and minimize these value implementation gaps. Because while what the mission statement and the website and what our public leadership statements might help get people through the door initially, whether they stay in the company, whether they trust it, whether they're committed to it over time, is really going to be influenced by those norms on the ground. Is it collaborative, innovative? Can I do my best work here? Am I supported? Am I seen as someone who can be promoted? Am I being motivated by what matters most in this organization? That's going to actually predict success, both at the individual level and the organizational level at the long term. And growth mindset culture is a huge part of that. Employees are going to look for truth and labeling, it sounds like. They're going to want to make sure that gap that you talked about between what the language says and what the culture feels like is small or non-existent. As you were talking, Mary, I was thinking about very famous organizational psychologist, Adam Grant, who I know has given you a nice testimonial for your new book. And he said something recently about how much better he feels about succeeding at something that initially he was not very good at versus something that maybe came easily. And as I listened to that, and when he said that, I'm thinking about, again, fixed mindset and growth mindset. Absolutely. Adam's work and his new book, Hidden Potential, is a fantastic read. It really does talk about this idea. What I talk about in my book around effective effort is this idea that a true growth mindset is really paying attention to where our skills and abilities are now and applying effort to move us in the direction of increasing or developing those skills and ability. The false growth mindset is this idea that you're just going to try hard, right? We hear a lot of this with managers or teachers who say, I'm sorry, this employee or this student, they just have a fixed mindset. There's nothing I can do about it. They just need to try harder. And what we're seeing in both what Adam's sharing and what we talk about with regard to mindset is that 
a true growth mindset isn't just about banging your head over and over, trying again and again in the same way. If you do that over and over, your head's going to explode, right? The wall doesn't move. (laughs) And so what we really need to be focused on is effective effort. Is the effort that we are actually applying, is that effort actually moving us towards the goal that we're moving to? And so what Adam said, the things that don't come easy at first, I really enjoy the things most when I've had to try hard and when that effort has actually moved me towards some kind of learning, some kind of growth, some kind of development, it's moved me closer to the goal. That's effective effort in action. And that's a true growth mindset. And it goes back to organizations continuing the schooling that perhaps you've entered that organization with in the first place. So Mary, congratulations again on on publishing your book and best of luck as you go out and get the word out to more and more people. We appreciate you joining us here on The Bid. Thank you, Oscar. This has been fabulous. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Bid. Next up, I welcome back Bid favorites Anne Ackerley and Gargi Paltrowdry to celebrate International Women's Day and take a look at how women are increasingly recognizing the importance of financial independence and long-term wealth creation. Subscribe to The Bid and don't miss the episode. This content is for informational purposes only and is not an offer or a solicitation. Reliance upon information in this material is at the sole discretion of the listener. In the UK and non-European economic area countries, this is authorised and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority. In the European economic area, this is authorised and regulated by the Netherlands Authority for the Financial Markets. For full disclosures, go to blackrock.com slash corporate slash compliance slash bid dash disclosures.